0: Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host Ryan here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. to real nerds podcast unofficially the official podcast at denver comic-con 2015 officially and beyond i'm ryan with me is james hi how's it going buddy pretty good brad is still sick with an infection yeah yeah it sucks i think it's been like two and a half weeks it's like a brain infection yeah that's why he's thinking so hard i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because he said something about he might produce another web series this year on top of Real Nerd, so I'm kind of seeing interested to see what he has going on. Here. Yeah. I don't know if he can even mention it, but... I know what it is, but we can't talk about it here. Is it porn? Yes. I knew it. It is I porn. I knew it. He was, He's getting into porn. He was that close to uh-huh. being... Uh, yeah, it was actually exciting. We got our official email from Denver Comic Con welcoming us, welcoming us back. Sweet. As press cool so now that i know i'm press oh i'm gonna hound for the carry elways <laughs> because <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna ask him questions about hot shots and i want to know the last person that's asked him questions about hot shots that's fair that's totally fair you know and then uh i already have my way i'm gonna bring him out and i'm gonna come out and say hey denver comic-con are we here to st- are you guys ready to see carry elways to wait for everybody to cheer and then I'm say as you wish and then I'm have him come Son out of a bitch yeah that's awesome though <laughs> don't hate the play i hate the game yeah um also they announced that they're having an animaniacs reunion there no they're, yeah they're bringing all the voice talent back and they're going to celebrate animaniacs oh that's cool that's really cool it's getting um I, I was someone told me this oh they really haven't um announced too many people yet i said yeah they kind of wait a little bit after the stan lee thing so mm-hmm. um right. so as it gets closer which it's the end of may next month will probably be a lot of announcements yeah um, yeah, I mean,
1: how soon before Denver Comic-Con did they actually announce Adam West? Ooh. Like, it wasn't right away. It was it was, it was probably bad. right around now. Because yeah. like, they uh, had, you know, the other follow-ups to it as well as mm-hmm. far as the other Batman people that were there. Well, the thing but, was,
0: they had... Um, we knew it was going to be Batman-themed. Yeah, and, and, but, and he's he's one of those guys that when they said that, we all knew, like, okay, they're going to go get Adam West. Well, at least attempt um, to. And, yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can do something really cool... Like they did last year with having you know William Shatner moderate a panel with yeah you know the Star Trek Next Generation guys and yeah um, what's really cool is that even though it's a big uh, Comic Con now I mean their goal is Pop Culture Classroom right which is basically bringing comic books to underprivileged ch- children and right. to read and understand because I I remember comics helped me read and understand things mm-hmm. and you know structure and stories and mm-hmm. so it's a very important thing so make sure you buy your tickets soon because. VIP tickets sell out really fast, yes, and they as do. soon as they announce what your VIP ticket includes, yep. they're going to be gone. I mean, we already know Christopher Lloyd's there. Carrie Elway has already mentioned. I'm sure they'll be included in like your autograph thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you definitely get them as snatch them up as soon as you can because they will sell out absolutely for sure. Right? We know that. <laughs> Even general sure. admission tickets are probably going to sell out mm-hmm. again. So cool. So yeah. So make sure you log on to DenverComicCon.com, buy your tickets, uh, like them on Facebook, stay tuned to all their announcements. Uh, the Animaniacs thing kind of makes me excited. It was one yeah. of the cartoons that I watched when I was a kid all the time. I loved it. I, loved I, it. I even had uh, their soundtrack. And oh, really? To this day, there's this. My aunt sent me this quiz on Facebook, and it says, "How well do you know the capitals of, of the United States?" Uh-huh, and I can Yacco. I can sing sing that song. Uh huh. Um, and find them all. Yep. Montpelier, which is up in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was
1: so good it was one of those ones that like i like my mom really liked animaniacs like that was one of those cartoon shows that you could watch like with your kids and everybody would enjoy it just because it was it was
0: genuinely fun and smart well yeah what's cool about it is i mean the story behind it is spielberg wanted to use bugs bunny and daffy duck and all them and re- relaunch the warner brothers cartoons right and warner brothers was like i don't know and so he made tiny tunes and then along the way, he helped foster the idea of that these cartoon characters are so crazy that they're locked up in the, wa- the water tower, the famous water tower at Warner Brothers Studio. Mm-hmm. And they're only let out very rarely. And it, it's a cute little premise. I, I still remember the one where they go to a, a psychiatric office and Jerry Lewis is there. And he's like, <laughs> yep. oh,
2: lady, sweet lady. <laughs> and
0: they're all running around being crazy like him. It's, it's funny. And that's why you know people maybe you know i mean jerry lewis is a little before your mom's time but maybe can appreciate yeah oh, you know totally. the, the adult humor in it
1: absolutely
2: hello alamo draft house is that what we're doing
0: yeah yeah we're ready? all set to go anytime
2: you're ready hi alamo draft house this is seth rogan and i'm evan goldberg don't be a prick and use your phone during the feature film you're about to see if you do we'll find you and fuck you to death
0: when the shit goes down, you better be ready. <laughs> does that work so we also um, have partnered with Alamo Drafthouse cool um, Alamo Drafthouse is our local our Denver Alamo Draft House. and so the reason is uh, if you've noticed the last couple of weeks I've been telling you what's coming out a couple weeks in advance there's a reason behind that because when they do something special at Alamo it sells out really fast yeah um, last night I went to Friday the 13th Craft Dinner which had a Q&A with the writer of Friday the 13th Victor Miller and it was lots of fun um, their next craft dinner is, oh, can I say this? I guess I can. They've kind of announced it is March 30th and it's, it follows and the director of it follows is going to be there. So I don't know if the tickets are on sale yet, but make sure you pay attention to those because as soon as they go on, it's going to go fast. Yeah, absolutely. Will. Because, uh, how fast are the one for Ryan Johnson sell out for looper and stuff
1: <sighs> too fast? Mm. I like, I, I got tickets, but I bought tickets the day they announced it. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, it
0: was, it was totally sold out. And, I mean, all of his stuff was selling Because he did Brick there. And what else did he do there? So,
1: yeah, he did uh, a double feature of Brick and Brothers Bloom. And then the next night, he did Treasure of the Sierra Madre mm-hmm. um, on 35mm. And that sold out. Um, Brick and Brothers Bloom, there, there were seats left. Uh, but, you know, those are, those are smaller is, movies. That, yeah, yeah, like, it's it's hard to tell people. In fact, there were a lot of people there who had
0: seen Brothers Bloom but hadn't seen Brick. Hmm. Um, so,
1: of course, it's the way it's, you would expect it You know, what's it funny be. is...
0: I've seen Brick, but I got Brothers Bloom on Blu-ray at Best Buy for $1.99 was going out of business oh, up man. the street, and yeah. it's still sitting on my shelf. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, dude. Oh, I that's a great I con Was it number six on your 2010, 2011? Yes. It was like
1: number four, and it's shameful that it was only number four, because
0: I think it's actually my favorite of his films. Really? I need to watch oh. it then. Yeah. Because I do I do love him as a filmmaker. Uh-huh. And, and we might talk about we, him later. Well, I, think, I think we're going to talk about him. Um... <laughs> But here's, here's what's coming up in the next couple of weeks of, at Alamo. And I did check a couple of these. Um, if I mentioned them last week, that there is a little seats available. But again, anytime they offer something kind of special with it, it goes fast. Uh, Loins of Fire continues not this uh, the following week with a notebook. And that's the 26th. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pizza party. All-you-can-eat pizza that we talked about last week is the 22nd. Cool. Brad's going. I looked. I think there's like six or seven seats left. Ooh. So that's going to go fast. Yeah. Um, 90 single long is the 28th. And I know those single are really fun. Uh I haven't been to one personally, but I watched a video of I think the Queen one they did last year. Oh, I bet that was crazy. And it was crazy. Um and I don't know if it was the Denver one, but it was some Alamo Draft House. Um Afternoon Tea, which I don't even That's know like the what one they where do. they
1: show they show a lot
0: of like British yeah. movies. Uh this one's Atonement, at and that's the 29th. Cool. Uh I I'm interested because, you know, I like tea a lot. It, uh-huh. You know, it's, really, I have fun. a I have a show for you. Uh, is it Downton Abbey? It's called Downton Abbey. I watched a movie with a guy from they, Downton Abbey. They don't
1: drink a lot of tea in it, but they they do. They do. they do talk about tea
0: constantly. Um, and the last film in their transformations of March as their theme this m- month. Cool. is Under the Skin, and that's also the twenty ninth. Ooh, so uh, I might go see that on the big screen. I might. Yeah. I, I haven't decided yet. I need to. Uh, I have Blu Ray. I need. To I, I it. own it, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: Right. But I don't know. It's but It was also in your top 10 and
0: you didn't get to see. Yeah, exactly. That's where my. I can't believe it was. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Still blows me away. I know. Hi, buddy. Kellen's hanging out. He doesn't have a microphone this week, but he's playing with his truck and a microphone cable (laughs) in his Mickey Mouse overalls because he likes to party. Yeah. Very cool. So what we do every week is we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. Uh, this week we saw Run All Night, starring Liam Neeson,
1: which isn't what we we had told you we were going to see. Last week we were talking about Cinderella, but we're uh, yeah, I, we the, each had reasons to push that back a little yeah, bit I, and uh,
0: see it. My wife loves those kind of fairy tale movies, so uh, she mentioned she wanted to see it. And the last time my wife said she wanted to see a movie, and I went by myself, she's really mad at me. <laughs> so I, I decided to not make my wife mad. Fair, yeah. totally fair. And then uh, you're going with a bunch of friends, so yeah. It worked out. So, I mean, run all night. Cool. So, we'll we'll play the trailer. And also, I want to play a scene from run all night. Okay. Uh, the scene with him and Ed Harris. Okay. Um, spoilers. <laughs> uh, during the, the little review we do, we spoil the movie. So, make sure you see the mo- We'll tell you if you should see the movie or not, and then we'll spoil it. Uh, we also do movie news, comic book stuff, uh, what's coming out on Blu-ray, box office stats. Um, Kellen's getting a little restless. It's like, ah, oh, ah. Uh, uh, I just (laughs) What's he reaching for I don't know He wants something over there (laughs) He's going He's going to the He's going to the soundboard I know he He is He's going to the soundboard He's
1: like All I want to do Is (laughs) run your sound. Oh oh, do you just
0: want my boot Nope Hang on one second I'm going to go give him to my wife (laughs) He's doing all right. Cool. Yeah, we do. Um, I know, right? So uh, we hardly ever start off with this segment, but I'm going to do it. Okay. Uh, this is what is the cool comic book to get this week. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. And I said a cool comic book get this week, but you can't get it because um, I talked about it last week. Um, <laughs> Andrew got Amazing Spider-Man number 12 in. And it's a pivotal issue in Spider-Man. It really so, is.
1: First appearance of
0: Doc Ock, right? Uh, and it's his third appearance. Oh, okay. But what makes it special is in it, Peter's fighting a cold. And it, it's a 24 hours virus that makes him incredibly weak. So he, so Doc Ock shows up and he, she, he kidnaps Betty Brandt, the girl spider Man's is trying to date, or Peter Parker. And so Spider-Man is weak and he can't really shoot his webs and he's a weakling and he takes on Dr. Octopus and he gets unmasked. And no one believes that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are one and the same because he was so feeble in his attempt to beat Dr. Octopus. And Dr. Octopus thinks it's, you know, an insult that Spider-Man would not face him and some pimply-faced teenager would. And it's a really big turning point in the Spider-Man mythos, too, because Flash Thompson always gave Spider-Man a hard time, but Flash Thompson is also the president of the Spider-Man fan club. So, I said Spider-Man, Peter Parker, a hard time. So... When he found, off, found out he was took on Doc Ock, Peter did, uh, Flash was like, oh, you stupid puny Parker. But his girlfriend, Liz Allen, dumps him and wants to date Peter because he sacrificed himself for Betty Brandt. And so it kind of changes the dynamic of the comic where people stop looking at Peter Parker as puny Parker. And they look at him as a brilliant science mind and a guy who um, he's not a coward and right. he, in, not what he used to be. And it's, uh, 19 issues later, they debut Gwen Stacy and she also kind of has an arc where everybody picks on Peter, but she's harboring a secret crush on him. And so it kind of the building of those romances for him. And it's a, it's wonderfully drawn by Steve Ditko. Um, it's a hard comic to find. And when it was at Carl Quinn's cards and comics, I was going to get it. But I'm like, Oh man, my wife's going to kill me if I spend this much on a comic. <laughs> um, I don't know if I should do it. And I was I struggling with it all week long. And so I went back this week because the new Spider-Man came out. And I always go there when Spider-Man comes out. And Andrew's like, you have a mysterious benefactor. I'm like, what? And he says, yep, here you go. And someone bought Amazing Spider-Man number 12. And through my amazing detective de- <laughs> skills, it was you, James. And I, <laughs> I really... Uh, wanted to th- i was gonna bring it to you on the podcast but uh you spilled the beans at lunch oh,
1: yeah i i didn't mean to keep it a secret i when we left here i just called andrew and was like hey just put that in his box like just just do that like that's a thing that ryan should have um and because it just seemed like a shame for, for have you ever seen the cover Oh really no i haven't seen oh. it yet um but it seemed like such a shame for a really nice copy of that to come through and for you not to be able to go ahead and get it at that point. Um, so I was like, oh, man, well, like, we've got to do something here. So I just called him. I was like, "Just, just let's just take care of this. Uh, oh, man, it is
0: an amazing shape, Right. Holy crap. And that's what I tell everybody. Wow. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. That's the place to go. Is the place to go. Because and it's an expensive book, and thank you, James. But no no uh, It's worth way more than he sells it for.
1: Well, and and not just that. I will I will be totally honest. Like you know, when I called him and told him what I was doing, he gave me a discount on top of it. Like even at the good price that it was at, he was yeah. still like, "I know what you're doing. I know why you're doing this. Like, why won't we look, you know the do the, the, the right thing?" The pages aren't
0: ripped. Um, it yeah, has a little bit of the, much, but... of the run, but I mean, it's from 1963, right? Like so that, it's 52 years old. It's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love it. I love when I open it. It has an old comic smell to it. Um, so that that's makes so cool. So uh thank you, James, hey, that no you problem. got me such an important issue.
1: No problem. And when at all. I was
0: there, he did get the first appearance of Doc Ock.
1: He told me that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He told me on the Amazing phone. Amazing
0: Spider Man number three uh-huh. is sitting in his case right now. Man. And that one's in worse shape and it's two hundred dollars more. Oh well I mean, it's the third issue of Spider Man. Oh
1: no, I, I I totally understand. Um Man, and Look, a, he, fights, he fights a lion and a bear oh, yeah. and a, bear That's and a gorilla. That's because Dr.
0: Octopus <laughs> unleashes them from the zoo. <laughs> oh, of course he does. A gorilla, a lion, and a bear. Oh, man. Old comics are amazing. And it's interesting reading uh, that, too, because the artwork's good, but it's not quite there yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's uh, yeah. still really simple. It's like Spider-Man doesn't quite have an, uh, his movements downright, And so it's an amazing book. So thank you, James. It yeah, no problem at all. It it made oh, yeah. my I, week.
1: I I see what you're saying. Like the the poses that Spider-Man falls into are not quite the the traditional like like the um those iconic poses yeah, that you expect. because they're
0: still trying to. I mean, this is he's only been out for a year. I mean, he's still right. trying to find his his footing, right? His webbing, as they would say. Yeah, that's so, so cool. Man, that's again, thank true. you, James. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, no problem at all. Um, and Andrew was really sweet. When I didn't know if I wanted to get it, he's, he told me before I was leaving, he's like, Ryan, I really want you to have that book. So if you can work something out, you let me know. And I didn't have to because James worked it out for me. Yeah, um, It was an easy decision. So, this is so cool. I know. Yeah. I, it's it's the best book from that era that I've ever seen. Yeah. Even the staples are in really good shape. I, really, the only thing I see is there's bunting on the bottom corner. But, I mean, oh, that's true. They're just, just that one corner. But, I mean, seriously, it's 52 years old. Who cares? Yeah, it looks like it's been in a box. Yep. Wow, that's really great. So, yeah. So, Andrew has a lot of great comics there right now. Um, I he, I was just looking at some of them besides Amazing Spider-Man 3. I mean, he has this really cool... I think it's Hulk. It's a really early Hulk, and it's a Jack Kirby Um, cover right and hulk is like busting through this uh castle jail cell and the bars are all bent and it looks so cool i love the silver age covers because for some reason they're so dynamic um and i mean that that comic alone is that's maybe one of the most iconic covers from spider man's early years Mm -hmm. because it's you know oh my gosh and yeah uh, and, and it's right it's, just,
1: it's a it's a cool design for a cover too
0: like the way <is>. he's
1: bent and the way like the crowd and all that stuff yeah because <right>. you have At jonah the and one.
0: there's betty brandt and the police officers and they can't believe it's peter parker yeah and it, i mean this is r- a really big turning point in spider-man too um because the issue before he fights doc ock as well but the following issue is the debut of mysterio the issue after that is the green goblin the issue after that is craven the hunter so it, this is where spider-man really, That's when it starts really
1: started to kick off hitting yeah. his
0: legs and um, and that issue is an important issue in Spider-Man, because yeah. um, again, it's a, it, it's such a great characterization of Peter Parker. That's cool. So um, thank you, James. And that's I wanted to start with that to, <laughs> to show you my appreciation. Um, and something I never thought would happen. And
1: it was, <laughs> it's it's well deserved.
0: When uh, Andrew gave it to me, I didn't even know what to say. Because <laughs> when he says a mystery Benefactor, I'm like, what could he possibly be talking about? You know. Yeah and i i went there and i saw that the book wasn't in the case i was like oh man <laughs> i knew someone was going to snatch that book
1: <laughs> well especially cuz we talked about it last week and yeah. i was like oh man if somebody hears it they're going to like they may go get that book um and then i meant to say something but honestly like once the week started
0: and then i was at work and i forgot and so it wasn't until i saw your post i was like oh shit <laughs> oops so anyway. my brilliant detective skills figured it out and yep. the reason i figured it out too is because i only told two people <laughs> right <laughs> um and it was Joe was with me. And so I posted that on Facebook. And Joe's like, oh, I'm so glad you got it. My am like, oh, it's not Joe. So then <laughs> I, I, knew it, I knew it was James. So, um, so uh, thanks, James. No problem. So, But hey, if you want to get the, read that story, you can get it. If you get The Essential Spider-Man Volume 1, mm-hmm. I think it's the first 39 issues. You can yeah, get there. Is. And it's in black and white. But the thing is, I think it's $20. If you yeah. get a Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, it's 20% off. So it'll be $15. That's and those, well worth it. Those collections in general stories. are really cool. Just to read the I've stories, the, it's worth it. Trust me. I've got the first two essentials, and they're they're neat. They are because so. I mean, I mean, some of the stories don't age very well, but no. they're, st- they're still fun. <laughs> um, but that yeah. story does because again, it's the sacrifice that Peter's doing yep. to be Spider-Man, and I think it's it's amazing. So thank you, James. No problem. Because now too, I'm trying to complete my amazing run, which I'm at a point now where every issue is going to be expensive. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do. I'm missing some like two dollar issues here and there. But right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's mostly, um, yeah, the early stuff. But, I, I, again, I got the first appearance of Morbius. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, you did. $20. Right. $20 for Amazing Spider-Man 101. It's not as good a shape as that. Right. Which is amazing. but Yeah. But still, 20 bucks. You kidding me? Man. I love it. I love it. So uh, what do you want to start with first, James? Thank you. Again. Uh, let's do some news. Cool. I love that part.
1: It's real news.
0: This week's fun. I had a lot of fun reading the news this week. Yeah, because one, there wasn't any deaths that I can remember. True. Um, I think uh, some writers passed away, but yes. it wasn't like Leonard Nimoy where it crushed me. And, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, um. But uh, it was fun news this week. Let's hit, let's start it off.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, you want let's let's talk a little bit of Star Wars. Oh, I love it. Let's just jump I right into some Star it. Wars.
0: <laughs> so. Um, I couldn't click on that article fast enough when I saw that they revealed the name of Star Wars. I'm like, <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> um, so, uh,
1: Star Wars Rogue One yes. is going to be the first spin spin-off film that we get to see, uh, based on the script that Gary would have wrote uh, like a couple years ago. It was one of the he was one of the first people who like got contracted to write for Star Wars uh, back mm-hmm. when it started. I think at the time we didn't even know we knew he was working on it, but we yeah. didn't even know if he was working on like one what of the we, main ones. What,
0: what, when I read this stuff. It makes me think that they have – it's like a Marvel thing. And I think yep. maybe Disney learned from it is they have this group of writers and directors and producers, and they all sat down. It's like, what do you want to do and what can you bring? Right. And they all pitched their ideas. And Rogue One, like, that sounds like a great idea. Here, yeah. go make it, and then that's going to be our first spinoff. Yeah. And because Rogue One right away tells me that I'm going to get space battles. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> well, and, and it looks like from from the concept art, also like – ground warfare like yeah. you know like a like a more hardcore super when's, action when's, when's kind the, of movie when's
0: the timeline is this between empire and
1: yeah I return th- think, uh oh 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 i see what you're saying um that i'm not sure i think so because i think it's
0: if i'm reading it right and how i think it's going to be it's going to be the rebel assault on the empire right parts of the story that are away from the main story that all the star wars fans have always wanted to be told to us right you know what i mean um so it's really cool and i think the lead act is an actress so it's uh, yeah felicity jones felicity jones she's pretty and yeah so they um that's yeah, um, so awesome
1: and so let's see i'm trying to look and see here real quick if it does say specifically but just some of the concept art and the way that it, the stuff is designed like it's definitely it's definitely mid uh, original trilogy um
0: which is cool and i forget What's, who's directing that
1: uh, I don't think they have a director yet. Yeah, they do.
0: They do. They have Gareth Edwards. Oh, that's right.
1: That's right. I so forgot. The guy who that.
0: did uh, Godzilla. Yes. Is working on that before he works on the next Godzilla movie. Yeah. And that probably starts shooting a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. So the, the interesting thing here for me, or the, the big question for me is right. So you've got the whole Marvel universe and how well that is doing. My curiosity here is whether or not there's going to be stuff here where they're going to try to tie things together. I think they're like, going to. Even if you... And, and I think it makes sense, and I don't even think it would be crazy to do. like Very similar to like a Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy kind of way, where this movie could be very standalone, yeah. but the consequences of this movie yeah. could impact or show up in the later trilogy, even though it's going to take place at a very different period in time. Yeah, Because at least with Marvel, it's all taking place uh chronologically yeah you know so we know the guardians of the galaxy is happening about the same time as like cap Mm -hmm. you know maybe a little bit earlier whatever but still they will cross over at some point Uh, whereas here whatever happens in this rogue one movie is not going to like those characters probably can't show up in the the new trilogy unless they're played by different older actors Um, but still you could have either certain characters, some of the aliens, or just some of the windfall of that movie actually impact what the the, the story that they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And that could be cool. You yeah. know, the thing that I've always said is that the, what I want out of a new Star Wars trilogy or out of new Star Wars films is for you to make the... The universe is so rich and there's so much to mm-hmm. it, and George Lucas's films focus on so little of yeah. that actual universe that I would want you to flesh it out and make it feel bigger and make it feel like there's this whole world moving around us and then we get to sort of follow different stories inside of that. Um, so I think that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree. It's one of those things where e- even something, I mean, in the first star Wars, Darth Vader says you are part of the rebel Alliance. You really don't know who the rebel Alliance are though. Right. You know, the main players and you see little snippets of it in the empire strikes back. And but I would love to see, you know, how they got powerful and how they were fighting the empire. I think it was a really cool idea.
1: And to start toying with the idea, you know, the original Star Wars movies are very black and white. To start toying with the idea of when the rogue, like when the Rebel Alliance was not always, yeah, okay, and which it sounds like is some of what's going to be happening in the new trilogy as well. Is that there may be things happening in that in in with uh, like among the rebels that is not totally kosher anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm cool with it. I'm I'm very excited Um, and sort of. Pairing with that is the um, the date for Star Wars Episode Eight, which is the Ryan Johnson film, yep. uh, which is in twenty seventeen. The eighth summer, I believe, if I remember yep. correctly. Um, I mean, obviously, the date may get pushed around some, but There's, probably they not. They already
0: moved. What movie just moved because of it?
1: Uh, oh shoot! Um, I just saw that article. Whatever. No, I can't remember. It doesn't <laughs> some, matter. Some it was something scary. that I was like, I, I don't really care. Yeah. Like I, I don't give a damn. Um, but yeah, you know they. It sounds like they are trying to build themselves a Marvel Star Wars universe as quickly as they possibly can. Well, here's the thing. which is brilliant. I want one
0: because yeah, th- th- you know that's the one thing I think I could. I mean, it's cool that George Lucas took his time making the movies, but you have such a rich universe. Yeah. That if I was Disney and I bought Lucas Films for that much money, I'd be like, yeah, sweet. We're gonna take what we know with Marvel and we're gonna put these all out there. Right. Because I also read an article I- about Disneyland. And they're shutting down um, the huge part of Tomorrowland, which is the work, uh, world of progress. I think is the huge right. thing in center, and a lot of people are almost certain that when they tear that down, Star Wars Land is going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I think they should. And I, I mean, it's I,
1: probably bad timing since they're also about to like. Launch re- release a movie about Tomorrowland that would probably draw a lot of attention yeah. to that section of the park,
0: but still. But but if you've been to Disneyland, uh, yeah, Tomorrowland is pretty antiquated.
1: Yeah, it's not tomorrow. It's it's well, twenty years ago, land.
0: Yeah, so because I mean, they have if you go to Autotopia, it's the cars run off gas. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> so, like, There's I fundamental
1: I love, things about that. But that I love no the longer. Astro.
0: Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's the little like nineteen fifties spaceship things that go up and down. Like, I love that right. stuff. Keep that stuff there. But I think they should update it um, Yeah, with Star Wars. <laughs> no, I
1: agree. I agree. Uh, cool. So uh, apparently, and I didn't know that this remake was happening until this specific ar- article. So Tim Burton is remaking Dumbo. Yeah. And then there is this interesting little thing about <laughs> PETA wanting them to change the ending, which yep. I kind of want to talk to you about to find out how you feel about mm-hmm. it because I know how much you love Dumbo. I do love Dumbo. And I usually am totally biased against pretty much anything that, that PETA says, because I think they're usually pretty dumb. Yep. But I read it and go, okay, I I kind of yep. get where they're coming from yeah. on this one.
0: And that's fine. But again, oh. you're t- you're dealing with uh, Reggie. Well, jeez. Why did the door open? Uh, it's a mailman.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. I thought like Brad was here or something. No. Uh, Magically healed. Yeah. I... <laughs> I mean circuses are well so let me explain. So the yeah, original I I the, the you know the original movie ends with Dumbo and his mom getting their own car in the like circus train so that that way you know they can be together which is their happy ending mm-hmm. but they are also still in the circus. Um and so they're saying like hey we'd like for it to end where like maybe they aren't in the circus anymore cuz circuses are bad. Yeah. Um which if you're going to tell that story to kids today I mean it's one of those few like things where I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I'm a yeah. guy who likes to I wear a lot of leather. Mm-hmm. I, I do. But at the same time, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, circuses I'm, I'm, are dumb.
0: I'm in the same boat. I don't the, I don't mind PETA's message. I don't like how they go about it though. Agreed. Totally um, agreed. But too I'm such a purist that you're telling a story about a circus elephant that is made fun of because his ears are too big. And he learns real confidences within. Right. I mean, that's the story. Right. It's a simple story. It's a beautiful story. Um, there's, there's, I, I cry in that movie because it's, it's, it's a beautiful movie. It really is. Right. Um, I'm more worried that Tim Burton's making it than yes. I am about the ending, but I, I agree. I think, I think if you make an ending that it'd be fun if, but dude, it's so cute at the end of the movie where the train is going and Dumbo's flying on the outside of the train. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I understand where they're coming from. I mean, I think it'd be a good message. Like, oh, they get free and they're able to do whatever they want, right? But too, if you, you said it in the twenties or something or the thirties, where it's you know made, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not one of those people who said when I watch the movie and I see Dumbo in a circus, like oh fucking circuses, right? They're stupid.
1: And it is weird. Like you read their their little letter, and it sounds like they watch the movie very de- like they don't watch the movie about anything to do with 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 uh, courage. Yeah. They watch the movie and they're like, yeah, circuses are horrible. Like they misread that I movie know. to some degree.
0: You know, the, obviously the biggest criticism about Dumbo now is the racism. Right. Which, that, no, that's a good, how about we don't put the racism in the movie? Yeah. But here's the thing too, is when you watch the making of Dumbo, the reason those crows are that way is they're actually based off the performers who do it, who are um, African American performers. And right. that's what they did. Right. So, I, I don't know you know it's right it, it's a tough one Well, nobody said it
1: was deliberate racism yeah <laughs> it just reads like it's super racist <laughs> yeah like I've
0: never seen elephant fly no way yeah. no how <laughs> right uh, yeah but again I wouldn't mind if they like set him free yeah you know it's I mean the truth is at the end of the day look
1: they're not going back and changing you and this is how I feel about almost all remakes they're not going back and deleting the old movie yeah most likely he's gonna change the movie enough anyway that it should be different like yeah. If you if you just take the original Numbo and tell me the same freaking story again,
0: uh, I don't know that I care. Yeah, and I don't know I, when I see that. I don't know if Tim Burton's the right director for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I don't think know. I think, I think they think that he can and... maybe
0: do the elephants on parade thing. Um, yeah, but
1: well, I, I think that if because has he said like I'm sure that it's like. Uh, like, Alice in Wonderland style, Yeah, right? it's a CGI so it's, elephant, obviously. Right,
0: yeah. And so I think that part of it is probably what they think he can pull off. Is- See, and, and the thing that scares me, too, is are they going to make him look like a real elephant? Part of, I think, the charm of Dumbo is he's a really cute cartoon elephant. Right. And real elephants are kind of fucking ugly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no! Yes. Elephants are... Elephants are adorable. The and way they're that,
0: mean, too. The way that, like, humanity. Uh, I just watched a croc hunter yeah. where he's in Africa, and the elephants keep on, like, charging at him. Yeah. And he's, like, a couple hundred yards away. And he says, don't get close to him. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're big and scary. Yeah. You know? Yeah, anyways. But, yeah, I, I it's his vision. If he wants to change it, I would not change it because PETA told me to told me to though. I'd be like, fuck you, dude. I'm making the movie how I want to make it.
1: Right. I think you t- you change it because you have a story you want to tell. Exactly. Yeah. Don't change it because you feel pressure from some stupid
0: yeah. charity. What are they? What are they agree. even called? If they're an an activist, activist, group, society, activist group?
1: I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. They're the Send association. Me your hate mail, PETA. Yeah. They're an association. Um how about some sequels? Cool. How about Frozen Two? Yeah. Yeah? I don't know what the story they're going to tell, but sure, why not? I don't either, but
0: I'll <laughs> probably be there. I love that universe, so... Yeah.
1: I hope that the songs aren't as catchy next time. <laughs> Can I... Is that a fair thing to hope for? I, I hope that they're well-written, but immediately forgettable. No, nah, I doubt it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it'd be fun if they told a story with Olaf. Yeah? You know.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 But. Yeah, you're going to end up telling some kind of story about that. we got to save Olaf from summer.
0: Yeah. Aww. Oh, because he wants to go to Hawaii. Oh,
1: <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Fargo season two has got some casting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where they cast the the woman who played the mother in How I Met Your Mother yeah. is going to play the mother of the character that everybody knows and loves from the first season. Uh, which means or indicates that there's that this season is going to take place significantly earlier than the year. I was say, than She's pretty young last season. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So Will Arnett is going to take uh, Keith Carradine's role. Um, or he's gonna play, like, the Keith Carradine character when he's much younger. Um, or not, did I say Will Arnett? Mm hmm. I I meant, um, uh, oh shoot, what's the guy? Uh, the guy from Watchmen. Um, anyway. Um, the uh, the guy who plays Night Owl. Gosh darn it. Crap. I didn't write it down. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, right. Um, so, I, I I think it's interesting because that means that the movie's gonna, the show's gonna take place, like, in the, 80s or late 70s that's cool um, so that seems cool like drastically changing it's an, it's a neat way for you to keep us close enough to those characters that you could actually have them pop back up like you could theoretically you could have that main character from the first season that everybody loves so much show up again I wouldn't want her to have her own plot because uh, I wouldn't want you to necessarily affect how wonderful a story they told in that season mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, like, I, I miss that character and I'm going to miss that character. Yeah. So it's a cool way to, like, keep us close enough that we could see those same people pop up again and be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, there she is. Um, when I'm done watching Hannibal, she let me borrow Fargo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I will. Oh, totally. Um, so uh, how about how about Clerks 3? I, I, wa- I watched Clerks 2 this week. Yeah. Uh, how would you feel about another one? Which they've been talking about for a while, but he yeah. says he's filming it very soon.
0: Yeah. I, I love the characters. So if he can find a story and he can tell it, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like... Because I was actually going to bring that up because I read the article. And then I was, at, I was telling you earlier, I was at the Barnes & Noble in Littleton. And they have like these back catalog Blu-rays because they probably never sell. Mm-hmm. And they have clerks, too, there for $7. Shit. So I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know where the story goes. I yeah. He, he must have an idea
1: well I think um you know the the story has tried to sort of follow some of the things that he has learned in his life yeah I would hope that it goes somewhere drastically different um, which is hard I, I think at a certain point they have to not be clerks to be completely honest like yeah. based on where we were I think that I think you have to tell a story where one of them has got like maybe Randall has gotten mature and married yeah. and has a kid now and is a Like, like, tell me a story, like still make it a comedy, but, but tell me a story about really what it like, what Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith's friends are like now Mm -hmm. to some degree. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Because what was cool about, what was cool about Clerks was that if you lived that life, it struck very close to home and Clerks 2 doesn't, I don't feel do that. Clerks 2 is those characters when they're still stuck, Mm -hmm. but it frees them by the end. You know, like nobody nobody who works at a fast food joint necessarily looks at Clerks 2 and goes, "Oh yeah, that's totally what my life is like." Well, no, you're in a very different place. Actually, mm-hmm. if you work at a fast food joint, you're closer to Clerks. Yeah. Uh, clerks 2 is very specifically about a that that kind of person when they are stuck and can't move on. Mm-hmm. But those characters get freed of that by the end of the movie, which is part of what's so great about it. So I think you've got to put them in a place that is more yeah.
0: More where and, those and characters guess, could or should be in their life, you know? I think you're right. I think you have to challenge them. Right. You know, challenge them a little bit. Right. But he must have an idea. I don't... Yeah. I don't know if he's going to... Because go, at the end of Clerks 2, they buy the Quick Stop, so... Right. You know? I mean, um, if they had Alec Baldwin show up as an evil corporation guy who wanted to buy yeah. the Quick Quick Stop, uh all of the cartoon, I'd be happy, but... <laughs> right. Or, I mean,
1: yeah, like, if, if he owns and manages, manages that Quick Stop, but... If he's stuck behind the counter and is still miserable and doesn't want to be at work every day, mm-hmm. uh, that, I, th- I feel like that is that is more a reunion for the cast than it is being honest to where I think those characters yeah. – where for me those characters were going, yep. right? Uh, or where I would want them to go and what challenges I'd like them to be introduced to um, because I don't want to just revisit that same story again. I agree. Um, which is funny because you know he's been talking about the movie for forever and yeah. it has always felt like a cast reunion – more than it has been a continuation of the story, um, but now that we're really talking, like, no, this is really going to happen. That's what
0: I want. Um, it is interesting too with him because uh, to continue the story, he also says he's going to film Hit Somebody mm-hmm. in the fall. In and the then fall, m- Moose Jaws right after that in February next year.
1: Which I don't know what Moose Jaws is because I'm not in. I don't listen to Smodcast anymore. I don't either.
0: But he's it's literally about a killer moose. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'd watch that. Yeah. So it's really interesting for someone who two, three years ago said he's not making another movie. Right. Refuses to. He's going to retire. Going to retire. Found some sort of second wind. Uh-huh. And I think most creative people do.
1: Yeah. you Every now and then you got to take a break. You know? Yeah. It, it, well, the, the criticisms he was giving himself at that time were completely fair. Like, you know, I, I almost said it just a minute ago is that I love Zack and Miri. Zach and Mary's, like, lifestyle at the beginning of that movie, like this place they're stuck in, feels very, like, disingenuous mm-hmm. for some reason. Like, it doesn't necessarily, you know, and he even puts his finger on it and has said in the podcast before, like, I don't live that lifestyle. Like, it's really hard for me to write that now. Um, and that's true, which is why I'm like, I look at it and go, yeah, but what's not going to be really hard for you to write, like, is, like, a father and a husband and, and the comedic and silly things that happen in that life yeah you know like i'd love for him to talk about those things because i think he has a i think he's got an interesting perspective on that he that does. that you don't see in film very often and i'd love for him to tell a story that that reflects to some degree what raising his daughter and yeah. and being a husband for as long as he has been is for him i think that would and be I, interesting. I think clerks
0: is a great place to do it I, yeah i think dante could be because you know at the end of clerks too. Also, you know Rosario Dawson's character is pregnant, mm-hmm. so he could be that character exactly. where he's married and yeah. he has a kid. And I mean, that's where maybe it he going. feels like retiring, and he finds a second. Yeah, they have a right. lot of ways to go, right? So we'll yeah. see. Um,
1: and it, you know, I don't. I'm not saying that I want him to just write something that's basically autobiographical, but that's what Clark's one was. So yeah, um, yeah I think it's cool. Uh, and then, of course, he hinted that maybe after that is
0: maybe a sequel to Mallrats, which that's that's interesting kind of crazy to me
1: yeah Um, i think
0: it's his most popular movie on video yeah i mean it's my favorite of his comedies. is it really yeah i i really like that movie Um, my favorite is chasing amy i think my almost everyone's is too but um yeah um but i if i want to just straight up laugh i watch Mallrats. right because it's so silly yeah and jason lee is amazing in it
1: right that's the thing i like those i like those characters a lot they're very Mm -hmm. charismatic there. Yeah hopefully um, not shannon doherty yeah i'll even it's still like the one time that i will forgive shannon doherty
0: yeah
1: um yeah i i just that movie to me is him really just having fun yeah um and in a way where it doesn't feel like he's trying as hard as he is in like clerks two or something like that mm-hmm. like ball rats is very pure um so i i would be totally down for it yeah don't 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 again no idea what the story yeah, would be as long as you have
0: a story to tell yeah. just tell uh,
1: it cuz again nobody goes to malls like that anymore like people don't bomb around malls as much as they did back in <laughs> you know 94 so uh i think it would be radically different like those are characters we haven't visited again so to have them pop up well obviously the the one guy showed up in Chainsaw uh, yeah um but to go back and visit them 20 years later would be pretty interesting so yeah yeah i'm down i'm down too cool uh and then it's the last thing that i have oh uh last thing that i have is that uh showtime now has announced that they're also going to have a streaming only subscription so uh, just as predicted Mm. like we the end of cable is on its way i mean it's still going to be some years before it happens but the fact that you can start to a la carte get the kind of streaming content that you want means that like, the lifestyle, I like, I have cable, I just don't I don't go out of my way to watch cable mm-hmm. that much, and that's going to
0: continue to be very easy for me to do. And I think it, it's a natural progression, too, because these cable companies, I mean, I have cable, obviously, as well. Right. I used to have Dish, but Dish would periodically drop channels because they couldn't reach an agreement. If I was HBO show, I'd be like, fine, fuck you. If you want, you can t- pay me 10 bucks a month, and I'll stream it to your iPad. Right. You know, so fuck you. I don't need you. Yeah. And they should be that way, because yep. you can't. I've I've said it for so long. Their own demise. It's their
1: own demise. I will demise. G- I will gladly pay for the content that you that that I think is worth it. Yeah. What I don't want to to do is to pay for all of the content all at once. Yep. You know, I I want to have AMC FX and Showtime and HBO and I probably don't even want to have any of the network channels like most <laughs> of the time I don't. I don't want any of the news because that shit is garbage. Well, like, it's
0: not news anymore. No, no, it's, it's Fucking
1: propaganda yep. and
0: hate. Like it's yep. just and
1: fear mongering. Like I don't. I don't need it. So why don't you keep all that garbage? Stop paying. Like stop taking my monthly fees to produce that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just I'll. I know I'm going to end up paying more. That's the thing. I'm well aware that if I pay 15 bucks a month for HBO and 10 bucks a month for Showtime and 10 bucks a month for AMC, Does it matter? I'm going to pay more. I would rather pay but, for it. Right. Exactly. And at least then I can start negotiating with those people. <laughs> yeah, like, because if I don't like it, fuck you. I'll stop subscribing to it. Right. The cable companies are middlemen. Yep. I don't like paying them. Yep. So anyway...
0: Uh, that's the last thing I have. You have anything else? Uh, the only really thing I saw, it's not even really news is there's a fun little video of Bruce Campbell on IGN talking about Ash versus the evil dead. Oh really? Uh, That's about five minutes long. And he just, uh, he talks about how he's a coward, but when you really need to fight monsters, he's the guy you want in your corner. Right. So, and he kind of revealed the plot is he's basically going around as this middle-aged demon fighter and he picks up sidekicks along the way and they have to fight monsters. Oh, cool. So, Hey, I'm down. And is it like little anecdotal stories where he's... I guess there's a huge arc okay. um, across 10 episodes, but each episode's going to have its own little thing. Okay. But there's it's like Angel, I guess, if, when okay. I was listening to him talk about it. Okay. Where there's like one big bad. Yeah. But each episode is kind of episodic where...
1: And maybe it's like a like a hack slash where some of the some of the yeah. sidekicks will come and go, but will be mostly persistent and yeah, so,
0: yeah, because yeah, I I mean because there already Lucy Lawless is going to be in it, cool. So it's him and like he has two people that are going to be with him through the whole show, right? And then I think they're going to have like you said, like Lucy Lawless going to be in a few episodes and right. It'll be fun. Cool. I Very
1: tell exciting. everybody
0: if you really wanted an Evil Dead movie, this is way better because totally. you're getting ten thirty minute episodes. Yeah, so you're basically getting two movies. Yeah, and you're.
1: On stars, and it it sounds um, it sounds like it's going to be fun in the way that mm-hmm. that you might not be able to get away with in
0: a TV sh- or in a movie. Again, yeah, you know. And, and it was funny. He was talking in the interview. He said, "You know, um, the th- the problem is now is Sam Raimi, and this is no knock on Sam Raimi. Is he makes Oz." spider-man right he doesn't make those kind of movies anymore right i mean he made drag me to hell because if you listen to the commentary he actually kind of got suckered into doing it yeah um it's funny because his producing partner rob tapper has been with him his whole career right and uh when they were making drag me to hell sam was looking for a director and he says well this is how i would do it. this is how i would do it and his buddies are like why don't you just direct it then He's like, no, no, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. I just want to help other filmmakers get where I'm at. Yeah. Like, and then he kept on saying how he wanted it, and they said, dude, just make the movie. And he relented and said, okay, I'll make it. Yeah. Um. So he, that's why also he made the remake because he wanted to give uh, Fidi Alvarez that platform because he doesn't need that platform anymore. Right. Um. And so Bruce Campbell was talking about that. And he said, and we made the remake. We're like, okay, you know, the fans really want a remake, so here it is. Here's what this is remake and it's really good. But then we found out people just want this bonehead Ash. So right. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of their motivation thing. And he's like, I, and I got tired of doing it cause Sam doesn't go to conventions, but I do. Right. And everyone always asks me about Ash. So mm-hmm. it's kind of his way of pleasing fans. Right. Um, so that is fan service is great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. And it's
1: a cool option because that way, you can dip your toe back into that character, but not mm-hmm. commit in a way that, like... And he also you said... Can do some, you can do some TV shows or do a season every now and then if you want to or if you want to continue it, but if you, if you had done a movie and, let's say, it blew up and was really popular, shit. Mm-hmm. Now, like, not that anybody begrudges the money, but at the same time, at his age, like, he's, he's, he's comfortable. He's doing just exactly. fine. Like, if he
0: doesn't want to play Ash the rest of his life... Like, and he said something interesting, too. He said, you know, Ash really only says, like, 30 lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So you really don't know who Ash is, right? But now we get to find out who he is because yeah. now it's you know 300 minutes yeah. of Ash. So it's it's really interesting. I'm interested to see what they do.
1: Yeah, that'll be cool. Cool. Uh, what we've been watching? Cool. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: What'd you watch this week, James?
1: Uh, I got a a couple of things. Um I watch. Oh, oh! I, f- I was about to forget one on that. So I'll start with that one before I forget it. So I've seen the first two episodes now of Powers, mm-hmm. um, which is the, oh, the PlayStation. Sony PlayStation produced adaptation of Brian Michael Bendis's Powers, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked. I've I've only read the first trade or the you know the Death of Retro Girl um, story, uh, but I I really enjoyed it and I the The idea of that that book is really cool. Um, so the TV show isn't telling that same story, but it's right along the same lines. Basically, it takes place in a, a universe where there are super powered people, right? Um, and there there is a like division of the local police um, called called the Powers Division or Department, um, and basically those guys' job is to stop super villains or people who are just misusing their their powers right um so even like superheroes are supposed to register and do all of that stuff and there are some of them that are vigilantes and those guys are you know it's just like in normal comic books yeah. where you know the vigilantes are also being chased down right um but in this case we're following a guy uh, named christian walker who used to have powers but doesn't anymore um and he has this – His in the very first scene, his partner gets killed, and he gets a new partner. And they're trying to track down – so that's where it's not as easy as – they're trying to solve the mystery of the murder of one of his old superhero friends. Um, and it's it's different than the original story in the comics, and I'm not sure – Since I haven't read the whole series, I don't know if this is a story that was told later on or if they're just like creating a new version of it or whatever. Um, I think the story they're telling is pretty cool. I think the production values are not high enough, which is too bad because it's directed by David Slade, which Mm. I know we're going to talk about another David Slade show here in just a little while because you've been watching Hannibal. Um, And this doesn't feel like awesome cool david slade there's a couple of really neat things some some just some badass moments um which i'll 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 talk about but just in general like it looks cheaper than it should um which you know okay does sony have no sony has a whole movie production studio they can do better than this Mm -hmm. especially if you wanted to launch like your own uh, private television streaming thing on your platform, like, dude, throw some money at this. Yeah. Um, the script is clearly played with, I think. Like, I've read enough Bendis to know that after the first 20 minutes or so, then it's really his script. But the first 20 minutes has been, I think, butchered by producers a little bit to put way too much exposition in it. Because um, there's like a... just long sequence where... You watch, um, not, not Stamos, but one of those like, you know, shitty morning news guys, um, like one of the ones from the like good morning America Mm. guys. And he's like doing this long spiel telling the entire history of Christian Walker. And I'm going, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis I know would never write in it like and explain the history of that character like that. Like you would have, you know, you'd go through the whole first episode before you even find out that he used to have powers. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're just, they're rushing into it really fast because I think...
0: Do you think they think that viewers don't have the patience yes. for Bendis?
1: Yes. That's what I think. Which is too bad because yeah. I think the viewers
0: want ex- uh, Like, for me, Bendis is exactly how I want my TV shows written. One of his best issues of Ultimate Spider-Man is Ultimate Spider-Man 13 where mm-hmm. Peter Parker reveals his identity to Mary Jane. Yeah. And it's, Twenty-two pages of them just talking. Yeah, that's it, all it is.
1: That's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. So it's it's shameful that the script yeah. here is not better than it is. Sometimes it's awesome. Like there are really good, well-written sequences, but the exposition is so mm. heavy, and it just feels like he probably they probably cracked open the book and went, "Well, wait, you don't really find out that he used to have powers to the end of this whole first trade." Like you're not going to do that in the show, are you? And he probably said, uh, "Yes." <laughs> Like, why wouldn't you do? Cause that's of course the way you tell the yeah. story. Anybody who's going to commit, you got to tell them a story that's interesting and rich and has a good mystery to it. And then you pop that, that surprise on them right at the end of the episode. And they go, Oh snap.
0: Like yeah. everyone
1: knows that's how you tell a story. Mm-hmm. But the problem is producers don't know anything about telling stories yeah. or at least too often. They, you know, like no, there's know plenty of good ones out yeah. there, but like they get in there and, they, and, and it just, it screams of that. If, if, if that's not what really happened, then Bendis fucked this up. Mm. But I don't I, I don't have faith in that. Like the guy's been writing comics for a really long time and he's pretty dang good at it. Like sometimes he gets verbose and they you know, he's mm. not always perfect. Not every story he's not every like a big Marvel like the Siege or anything like that has been perfect. Um but usually interesting and well crafted. Yeah. Um nobody ever looks at him and goes like, Oh man, like He's not like Mark Miller where he's, he's inconsistent, where yeah, sometimes no. he's great and sometimes he's like, I oh, agree. fuck you. I mean, even
0: his average stories, I think, are better than most. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, he makes some steps where I would actually say his weakest trait as a writer is actually action. Because Yeah, oh, totally. Um, Siege is a good example where there's great moments where um, Thor is, I can't even remember. He's, he's talking about why it's important that we stop Asgard from merging with Earth or something, mm-hmm. and then it cuts really weird to this action scene with Thor, and then he's back to explaining why. It's really weird. Hmm. So I, I just I think Bendis should just write dialogue, and,
1: and that's what would be like. That's why this should be better because there's not that much action in it. You know, it's like it's a cop show, mm-hmm. um, but it feels it feels way too much like I, heroes. I've heard,
0: I've heard it's so so. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that anybody's really liked it.
1: I th- I think it's getting better. Um and I'm going to keep watching it cuz I think they there's some elements to it that I think are really cool. Um the main villains are awesome. Is um, it all
0: available or are they doing a week a There's
1: week? 4 episodes available right now. Uh you can watch the first one for free and then there's four on online right now and I don't know how long it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 8 or 10. Um but the so you've got Eddie Izzard playing the wolf who he is a guy that they just say he eats people. But of course we haven't seen that yet. Uh, and he's responsible for stealing Walker's powers. Uh, but the really cool one is, really just in general, it's this main other villain and sort of his henchmen that are what are, that are what's really exciting about the show. Hmm. Uh, because they, he's a, you know, guy in a suit, like basic looking villain. Um, but he, his superpower is teleportation, like a, like that blink power, Mm. you know, um, and, a just the way he uses it is really cool. Uh, the f- he kills somebody with it at one point because apparently he can decide what to blink and what not. So at one point he like he likes to put his hand around a person's neck and then blink their head off with him cool. wherever he's going, um, which is a really cool shot. Uh, and then at the end of the first, at the end of the second episode, there's this really awesome moment where he he appears in Walker's. Uh, bedroom and is sitting there and is talking to him and is like, Hey, look, I will leave you alone if you leave me alone. Like, because we know he's setting something up. Um, but he, so he goes to Walker is like, Look, I won't, you don't have powers anymore, so I'll leave you alone if you leave me alone. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's this really cool, like, tense scene where Walker's got his gun on him and. Walker pulls the trigger and the guy blinks away like at the same time. And it's just the way it's shot. Like it, it works. Cool. Um, so there's like that guy. And then his uh, his main henchman is a guy who just can duplicate himself. Um, and there's a scene where they they get this piece of evidence and the guy who can duplicate himself gets it and immediately like splits into eight people. And so you don't know who has it. And the one, the one that gets that has the piece of evidence like runs away really quick. Um, but it's just neat you know uh those villains are are pretty cool and then the the underlying tone as well that i've i've skipped over is also the um there is this little girl who's a wannabe she she wishes she has powers and she keeps saying she thinks she has powers she just hasn't like unleashed them yet mm-hmm. um and but she's desperate to have superpowers and there's a lot of people like that and that that theme is really cool and i want them to play with is this idea of um, you know, the same thing is sort of true in X-Men of, you know, how come some people have powers and other people don't mm. and, ha- and why is that fair? Um, so that part of the story is really exciting cool. to me. Um, so th- I think for those reasons, I'm going to keep watching okay. it. Uh, I think Charlotte Copley is actually pretty good. I think the, the other woman who's his partner is not great. Um, but again, I, th- I think it's something about the way that it's written and and then just generally the production values mm. that just is holding it back. Um, Bummer. But to remind me what real bad is like, um, something else that released this week is a TV show called The Neighbors, um, which I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's on Hulu Plus right now, and you can watch it. I think there's like four or five episodes on there. Uh, and The Neighbors is written and directed by Tommy Wiseau. Uh Tommy yeah, Wiseau I've not heard of,
0: this, but I've, of The Room. I do know who Tommy Weezo is.
1: Uh Dude, you should watch this thing. Why I don't because it's a it's a it's a piece of shit like I've never seen. Why would I want to watch? Like because I want someone to explain to me what's going on. I think he thinks he's making. So it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and I think you may have to have Hulu Plus to watch it, mm. which seems weird. Um, I think he thinks he's making The Office. It's basically. I heard of this, it's basically like an apartment building, and. Tommy Wiseau plays two characters. He plays... And the first scene is him playing two characters. So he cuts back and forth and has some other... Per- and, in bo- and both characters wear horrible wigs. Um, so he has... And he does that so that somebody else can play that character in the cross shots, right? And um, And one of the characters runs this apartment complex and is going on vacation. And so the other one, Ricky... Ricky something, something that starts with an R... Um uh he's hiring this guy who's like a com- i guess supposed to be like a complete flake and dumb or whatever and he's going to hire him and he's going to help out running the whatever and every scene is every scene feels like they sat down and said okay the point of the scene is to say x y and z and then they improvise the whole thing is but- it a comedy <laughs> sure <laughs> you don't know all right sure <laughs> i think it's supposed to be um I, I can't even tell you what the story is because there isn't one. There's just scenes that don't go anywhere and aren't connected in any way. Um, there's there's a scene, and I think they only have like three sets, and they might all be the same room. Um, mm-hmm. There's a scene where Ricky, the, 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 the dumb one, <laughs> Now with his girlfriend and this other dude who I think is supposed to be like his drug dealer or maybe he's a drug dealer and this is the other boss guy. But it's not even obvious at all because they all they're doing is sitting around and drinking and and pouring vodka on each other and laughing about it and then smoking weed Mm, and then talking about at one point the one dude stands up and is like I want to do violence and then they talk about how they're going to run around and like burn stuff. Uh, Dude, I don't. There's a scene where Ricky, um, Ricky's drinking some water, and then he just starts spitting the water all over the desk with the computer on it, and the woman keeps yelling at him to leave. And it's so poorly shot and edited together that like characters will leave the room, and then in the next shot, magically be back in the room. And then it's just the same shot. Like, so the woman's yelling at Ricky, like, you need to get out. And Ricky leaves the door, like walks through the door. And then in the cross shot is her saying, you need to get out. And he's still in the room again. Like that kind of shit happens in this. It's unbelievable. Like, I, 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 either he's a genius or he is truly an insane person. And having met him, I think it's the latter. Um, Cause, oh, because there's also multiple times where um, a character will talk about the fact that they are wearing Tommy Wiseau underwear, which you can buy. If you want to wear Tommy Wiseau underwear, you can. Um, oh, oh, there's a whole scene in the first episode where the, the, this one guy is talking about how <laughs> the, the like maintenance guy for the apartment complex is talking about how the laundry room is where everybody goes to have anonymous sex. So like, at th- and apparently it's only at three o'clock, everybody goes there and like has an orgy and then leaves and, uh, and he's telling Ricky and Ricky's like, Oh, that sounds great. And the guy's like, well, but we're going to have to stop doing that. Cause Charlie, the other ki- character that Tommy Weasel plays wants us to put in, or Sean, I don't know what his name was, <laughs> wants us to put in cameras so that people stop doing it. And he's like, Oh, well, why don't you just put in fake cameras? that that you know don't actually do anything so that way you know so that way people can keep having sex in there all the time and then in the next scene they're in a hallway talking about how they need to repair the wall because there was a fight there there's nothing wrong with the wall by the way but they need to repair the wall because there was a fight in the hallway and the guy says oh and this is the laundry room you can't go in there right now um we're we're not allowed to use that right now because they got to install cameras and the guy's like oh okay like, as if, and, and now he's like disappointed that they're installing cameras and they have to have sex. This is two minutes after the conversation about the cameras the last time, mm. and everything is different. Um, I don't know what
0: you're telling me. Right. <laughs>
1: At the, oh, the very first scene is this guy, Charlie, is going to go on vacation, and everybody from the office, half of whom I believe are strippers, one of whom is not wearing pants. Uh, come in and sing "Frere Jaka to him before he goes on vacation to Hawaii. And he keeps saying, "Oh man, I love those people. They're so great. That was so much fun. <laughs> it, it is the most insane thing. I, I, it has to be seen to believe to be believed. Hmm. It's I, I I there are more episodes. I don't know if I can handle them. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Like oh man, but." Better than all of those things is that I started watching Eastbound and Down this week. Sweet. uh, Which that show is great. Yep. It's really, really fun. Kenny fucking Powers. Kenny fucking Powers. Uh, What I didn't know going in was that each season is basically like its own standalone sort of little story, or Uh, at least the first two are. Yeah,
0: because he didn't want to make more seasons. He he literally was only going to make one. Oh, okay. And then they're like, do another one. And he did it. And then yeah. at the end of season three, you'll be like, wait, how did they make another season? Huh. Um, because he he and they weren't like every year. Yeah, I think season one and two were one year. And then I think season three didn't come out to like two or three years after.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, obviously, he's busy, but, you yeah. know, um, so they kind of just whenever, you know.
1: whenever they can get one yeah, made, exactly. they do it. Um, but yeah, the show's great. Yeah, yeah it it's really, really cool. Um, and it's interesting because he is um, if you haven't heard us talk about it before, but he's a. Basically, Danny McBride plays a former baseball pitcher star who's a huge asshole and got kicked out for steroids. Do you remember
0: the name of his book? Um, I, uh, I'm Fucking In, You're Fucking Out. Yes, yes,
1: <laughs> which the whole first season he is listening to in his car. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's
0: uh, that's a running theme throughout the whole show. Oh, good. Is him writing his memoirs.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know he's writing the next one, in the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stevie. So, yeah, it's like things to do in Mexico. <laughs> okay. it, things to do in Mexico at night. Um, so. I can't pay
0: attention while the kids are looking at me, Stevie. Turn your hair away from Kenny fucking powers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
1: basically he goes back to his hometown and starts, like, teaching, too. um, uh. Physical education? Yeah, PE. Um, and, you know, tries to, like, just gets into wacky situations and whatever uh and then in the second season he's in mexico (laughs) for a number of reasons um and it's it's really funny like and it's it's weird because as much of an asshole as he is he is kind he's just endearing enough Mm -hmm. um he's kind of like he's kind of like the british office yeah scott because he he, yeah he always has
0: these moments where oh i really like kenny powers and then he fucks it up yeah, because he's so driven by being famous. And- yeah, and
1: there there are things he says that are horrible, and then there are times when even the dumb stuff that he does, you're kind of like you get amped up. Like yeah. so, I was telling you about how at the end of season two, he you know because he's always dressing flashy and he <laughs> has like his stupid mullet. Um, and when he's in Mexico, he braids his mullet into cornrows, <laughs> and so there's this point where he like you know glosses his mullet up again and gets this like white suit on with these flashy lightning bolts on it that has his name embroidered in the back his nickname embroidered in the back and like the music's blaring and like he's flipping the shit thing on like he's just that cool and like I was getting pumped up I was like yeah here comes <laughs> Kenny fucking Powers here yeah. he comes like this is exciting even though I also know that when he's Kenny Powers he's fucking obnoxious yep. like he's the worst person Um but there's something I don't know yeah there's
0: something uh attractive about and that. And it character. has funny moments in it that are really clever. I yeah. mean and it they they come by really fast in the first season. I think it's the first season. He's trying to yeah cuz he's trying to rediscover his fastball. Yeah. And he's in the back with his nephews and he throws one really hard and he like Destroys a statue, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, he's like, I meant to do that because I did that for you. <laughs> I hated that. Yeah. I hated that water, um, water fountain or something. Yeah, yeah I did and He's that like, for you, you know, I,
1: I did that because I knew, even though we never talked about it, I knew <laughs> yeah. you hated that.
0: <laughs> and the thing is, is he's so bad right now, is that he can't control it. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's just funny little moments like that throughout the whole show.
1: It's really good. Um, so if you've got Amazon Prime, it's on there, obviously, because everything on HBO is. Uh, so check it out. It's you should. It's totally worth it. So. Uh,
0: anyway, that's everything. <laughs> cool. Um, I already mentioned I watched Clerks two this week. Yeah, um, it's funny. Yeah, there's some really funny moments in it. I don't uh, think the Donkey Show is funny. Never have. N- nope. <laughs> uh, I think the the Donkey Show has one funny line is when Randall, uh, Randall Dante's fiance comes in and he's like, "Ooh, cake!" <laughs> and yeah, that's funny. But yeah, other than that's meh. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know. Panty Troll or Pussy Troll is funny. Yeah. Um, they, when <laughs> they talk about the difference in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Is I was really just going to say that
1: that part's not funny. Really? Yeah,
0: I uh, no, I just like it when he's like, I made that dude <laughs> made fun of the <laughs> Lord of the Rings release. Of I made some guy barf. Yeah. Where's the, the mop and bucket so <laughs> Elias can clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, and then Jay I think the and Bob end of
1: that movie, like the last scene in that movie when they're in jail, is one of the best scenes he's written. Oh yeah. Um, so it it gets a pass for me on that. Yeah, and like, I, I, I thought like, I like. It's not that I don't laugh at that movie. I just that movie when it's when it's trying to be funny, that movie's trying too hard. Mm. For me, the funniest parts of that movie are Jay and Silent Bob. Oh yeah. Like you know when when he does um, wild horses and that kind of shit. <laughs> well, just like, I mean, ugh, and it's the
0: way Jay delivers the lines too, because yes. it's um he uh, said. He's talking about how he's never done anything with his life. He says, you know, what if I want to be an astronaut? You know, go up into the moon, find an alien, and fuck it. And <laughs> fuck it. And then they say, there he goes. Oh, boy, <laughs> fucked an alien. Moments like that are just great. And uh, you know when they play that Goodbye Horses song? Yeah. Like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> You fuck me, yeah. Oh, I'd, it's so good. I'd fuck me, yeah. So those parts are really good. I had fun watching it. I, I rewatched Blades of Glory again. I was
1: oh man, I, I haven't seen I, it I know, I was in the at,
0: theaters. Is it Target or Best Buy? But they have like a four pack of Will Ferrell Blu-rays for ten bucks, huh? And Blades of Glory was one of them. Sure. So <laughs> why not? And it's a bizarre movie. Yeah. It, it's really funny though. It's it's. <sighs> Because it's like they're making fun of figure skating, but they're taking it really seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's really, it, I think it's really funny. And then there's, I mean, there's a part at the end where him and Jimmy win the gold medal. And then Colin, uh, Will Ferrell, do you want to get out of here? And he says, no. And then they glide away on their spark sparkler ice skates out of the arena and into the sky mm-hmm. and you're like, what the fuck just happened in this movie? Yeah. And it's a definitely a Will Ferrell movie where it's really funny, but it's really bizarre. Right. Um And Craig T. Nelson's really funny in it. And in fact, watching it again and maybe cause it's on Blu-ray, I noticed stuff in the background more is Craig T. Nelson's character is actually gay with the dancing instructor
1: hmm.
0: in the background. There's like pictures of them together and paintings, and like a, there's a, a stained glass window of them <laughs> holding hands, and I never noticed it before. That's it's funny. just, again, because Will Ferrell's movies usually have this underlying current of bizarreness to them, yeah. and it, it just stood out to me. So it's a funny movie. Um, if you're at Target, it's $10 for that old school, the campaign, and semi pro, which I haven't seen semi pro since it came out, and I don't remember liking it very much. But yeah, I never saw it. Uh, old school in the campaign are worth 10 bucks to me. So Yeah. Uh, I also got Jonathan Tiersten's new movie. It's available to rent on Amazon okay. for $1.99. Um, it's not worth it. Mm. Um, and here's the thing is it's not Jonathan's fault or Felisa Rose, who is um, Angela in Sleepaway Camp. She's yeah. in it as well. Um, when you watch a low-budget movie, There's certain things you can get away with, and I'll forgive you for, and there's certain things you can't get away with. Yeah. I think the most important thing is, and this is to everybody, because we make low-budget stuff. Right. If you can't get the sound right, don't make the movie. Yeah. Uh, In 90% of this movie, you can hear the background noises more than you can hear the dialogue. Ooh. That's bad. Yeah. The director also makes a huge mistake of making him... It's a slasher movie, so it starts off – There's always, in most slasher movies, there's always a prologue where people are going somewhere and they get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, he makes himself one of the first victims, and he can't act. So right away, you're sucked out of the movie. Right. Because he – I mean, and it's it's bad line reading. It's it's worse than, like, what we do. Yeah. So he'll say stuff, oh, I for- – it's literally – I think there's lines, oh, I forgot my condom in the car. <laughs> And here's the thing is he's going to have sex with his girlfriend in the water. A condoms don't work anyways. And I know people don't in, in the water. I know, you know, lodging sometimes horror movies doesn't matter. But stuff like that takes me out immediately. Right. Where any s- smart person would be like, dude, you can't use a condom in the water anyways. Stupid stuff like that. But he acts so bad. And then the girl's like, I'm getting naked. And, I, and when she runs into the water, she's wearing a bathing suit. And it's, she just said she was right. naked. And then when she's in the lake, then they also, cut. Also, why does she say, I'm getting naked? I don't know. And then she... Then they cut to her back into the lake, but you can tell it's a pool that has like a fog machine going. Uh, they don't even try. I understand it's low budget. Yeah. But you you have to find ways to hide it. Well, Or at least work with what you...
1: If, if all you have is a pool, guess what? Now they're having sex in a pool.
0: Exactly. <sighs> right? Like, And I know the movie's called Blood Reservoir, but then they have these weird interstitials with... Then a, the movie's not called Blood Reservoir. <laughs> blood Pool. Like,
1: <laughs> you didn't...
0: Yeah. So it's intercut with these interstitials with this news reporter who can't act who's yelling at her cameraman, who is unseen, and trying to be funny, but it's not funny.
1: Mm.
0: Um, then Jonathan shows up. And it, it's it's really interesting because the editing, the sound, and the direction of this movie are horrible. But I know, working with Jonathan, is he knows where the camera is. And he knows... He's obviously a professionally trained actor, so he knows what to do. Yeah. So it's interesting watching these amateurs who don't know what they're doing, and then have him come on... And recognize where the camera is, how to read lines. And then it takes you out because the people can't hold a candle to him. Right. I'm not saying that he's, you know, the greatest actor of all time. I'm just saying that it, there's a huge disparity between the two. Right. And there's a scene where in it he plays an FBI agent who's looking for this person who's killing people on this reservoir. And... So he comes in, he says, don't go there. You know, there's a reason this is no trespassing. I'm looking for people. And they say, oh, whatever, dude. And he doesn't reveal these with the FBI at first. Um, And so he goes away. And then they do a scene next to a waterfall where all you hear is the waterfall. And so people are talking. And it's it's like this. Can you hear me? Uh, Barely, right? Yeah, but barely. Yeah. So that's the dialogue that you're hearing. Right. But with a waterfall that's obnoxious. Right. And I'm watching the whole time. I says, you know, I know you have no budget, but if for some reason, if you're the director, like, uh, like when we make low budget stuff, we have headphones on. Right. And if I hear even even hear the hum of like fluorescent lights, they say, hey, dude, let's cut this because it sounds horrible. Right. But you're sitting there and you can hear or the waterfall or and
1: at least know that you're going to have to shoot it in a way that you can ADR it later.
0: Exactly. And the whole time I'm thinking, I says, dude, just move the location. Right. Obviously, this location doesn't work. Yeah. But it wouldn't matter anyways because they they show parts where they're on this trail and all you hear is like the the stuff in the background. It's so distracting, right? So, anyways, then Jonathan shows up. I don't know what dialogue he's saying because I can't hear him. Um, and then it just collapses. Like it's really bad, mm. and it's funny. I I wrote a review of it on Amazon, and I gave it two stars for Felisa and Jonathan because they're in it, and they're and she's really good. She's really crazy in it, and cool. She goes off the deep end, killing people. It's cool. Um, so you said, Hey, she's
1: done that before.
0: Yeah. I'm like, re- I give two stars for these two people. However, and I wrote this paragraph about how, if you're making a movie, you better make sure it sounds good. Yeah. And I've already gotten 10 people think my review is helpful, um, yeah. from keeping people. And I want to support Jonathan. I really do. Yeah. But, um, yeah it's not good
1: if yeah i mean
0: i can i can only do so much right um yeah somebody else needs to support him too by letting you actually hear what he's saying (laughs) yeah Uh, i'm only going to mention this really quickly the walking dead's really good right now if you haven't been watching it i haven't been um they make it to alexandria and uh rick shaves his beard and uh, you know he becomes the cop if you've read the comics yeah and they don't have very cooking along yeah they don't have very much zombies in it and right now it's just Rick not trusting people. Yeah. And the scene that everybody's talking about from last week is Carol is it's it's a great character um Archie is having right now. She's playing stupid. Like she doesn't know how to use a gun. She's like this, "Oh, I I was saved by Rick and all these people and I miss my husband and so she's like playing it so people will trust her. And so she sneaks away to steal guns from the people cuz I have to check the guns in that mm-hmm. thing. And she and this kid follows her in there and she walks up to him. She said, I don't want you to tell anybody that I'm here and I'll bake you all the cookies you want. And the little boy says, Well, I have to tell my mom. And she says, Okay, you can tell your mom. But then one night when you go to sleep, when you wake up, you won't be in your bed. You're going to be out there tied to a tree. And she's talking about how the walkers are going to eat him and stuff. And it's, oh, this is oh. amazing. So they, I mean, they still show some zombie violence in it, right. but now it's just about character beats. Yeah. And it's really, really good. That's what I wanted. Um, because I, I love Rick, like he's one of my favorite characters, Yeah. and just to have him not trust people and be a cop again, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. So I just want to mention that Walking Dead is really strong right now. Cool. Um, I also watched a movie called Wolf Cop, which is—is is it like Teen Cop, but or uh, Teen Teen Wolf, but with a the um, cop? It's about a cop who is an alcoholic and not a good cop, and he turns into and a, a werewolf.
1: werewolf. Yes. Oh!
0: So and excited when he turns into a werewolf, he becomes like this badass cop. Is he still wearing a uniform? Yes. <gasps> I'll let you borrow it. Oh my gosh, this is great! It falls into some traps of low budget movies. Okay, the ending doesn't hold up. All right, but getting there is amazing because there's this there's this part where he's breaking up a meth lab and he rips this dude's face off and the dude looks at the camera and he's like ah and he has like just bones and you know muscles yeah and he's with his partner. And so he's, like, ripping other dudes' arms off and stuff. And his partner's like, oh, my God, dude, what the fuck's going on? And he looks over, and that dude without a face pops back up. He's like, ah, ah, and he, it's, like, really bizarre. Um, but And then he has um, sex with a lady who uh, shows up at the jail as Little Red Riding Hood. Okay. Dude, it's bizarre and funny and...
1: Does it... So is the ending that a... That a chain gang of vampires escapes and he has to fight the entire chain gang, all no, of them dressed in black sweet. and white
0: stripes? That'd be sweet, but no. Oh, okay. Um, I don't want to spoil what happens at the no, end. No, 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 no. Um, it, it, the end doesn't quite hold up, but it's still... I will say at the end, he does get a machine gun as Wolf Cop and mow down a bunch of people. Oh, um, gosh.
1: D- so it's, it's intentionally funny? Yeah. Like, yeah they're, they're, right. they're aware Here, James, of... Yeah, let me see what the cover looks like so that that way I can I can measure how aware they are. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> the, oh, hell and yes. And in the back,
0: he's chugging a Jack Daniels bottle. Um, th- that's what I mean. It's not... It knows what it is. It, it 100% knows what it is. And I'm hoping, because they tease at the end Wolf Cop 2, that now that this is on Blu-ray, and I know it's been talked about a while, that they're going to get a lot more money and um, it's going to be cool. I mean, actually, the transformation that he has at the beginning... Where he's inside a bathroom is pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, like he rips off his own skin and stuff, and Ooh. and then he murders guys in there. And so the next day, because he's a cop, him and his partner show up there, and they're looking around the crime scene. He's like, "Oh, look at this dude, this face right here that's peeled right off. It kind of looks like you." And so she makes fun of how he's a bad cop with his his own peeled off face. <laughs> it's uh-huh. good stuff. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend it. I, I got it at Best Buy. It's a Best Buy exclusive. It's like I think it was twelve dollars. So. It's well worth $12.
1: A case no normal cop would be able to solve. <laughs> yeah. But this half man, half beast is not just a cop. Dot, dot, dot. He's a wolf
0: cop. Fuck yeah. And it's, it's this town that has a huge like crime problem. And afterwards, because you know, Wolf Cop is just like a, a legend at the beginning because no one knows who he is. And so the liquor store is getting knocked over, and he kills the, the criminals in it. And afterwards, the other cops show up, and they and they said, oh, yeah, why don't you tell the chief what you told me? Oh, yeah, it was a huge fucking wolf cop. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's great. Um, so, oh. yeah, it knows what it is. It's good. It, it's really self-aware, and I won't <sighs> – do I spoil this part? The, there's a part in it where he he's super strong, so he goes and he opens up his car door, and he rips it off. Yeah. And he looks across the street and there's an auto body shop and his partner says, oh, I'm right with you. Fuck yeah. And then there's a montage of him outfitting his car to be like a wolf cop car that has like a W scratched in it. It's uh, awesome. uh, (laughs) So, yeah, it's pretty fun. That's Um, awesome. And the last thing I watched this week is I saw the movie The Cobbler, which is Adam Sandler's new movie that um, isn't getting a lot of play. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, the only reason I knew it was coming out is because I like Adam Sandler and I follow him on Twitter. How
2: was work? Work was the uh, same as every other day. Hey. Why don't you call the Rabinowitz girl? Take her out on the date. Uh, She got married 10 years ago. She's got three kids. You should step up to the plate. <laughs> I need these fixed, you man. Sure. And I need them tonight.
0: <gasps>
2: wow. I'm a woman. Ooh, no, I'm not. I could be anybody I want.
0: My boyfriend wanted me to drop these off you
2: want thank you oh you gotta be kidding me
0: get
2: over here me with brilliant in the command. with you oh yeah what i can't do this if you could do whatever you wanted to do what would it be have dinner with your father i was always telling your pop he should sell this crap and make some money he can never throw anything away except his family Hey, Pop. Halfram? Hello, Sarah. I missed you so much. I'm here now. I'm worried, okay? What's going on? Your shop's closed half the time. You're acting all crazy. You get the rest when the job is done. What the crap? I know where this is going. I've seen it before. You have not seen this before. Trust me. Ah! What the... Step into my shoes. It's a privilege to walk in another man's shoes, but it's also a responsibility. What size are your shoes? What? Step into my
0: shoes. In it, he plays this guy named Max uh, Simpkin, and Mm -hmm. he is a cobbler by trade. His family's been a cobbler for generations, and they live in New York, and it has... A familiar story where you know the property in New York everybody wants, and the old Jewish uh, community there is trying to be bought out by a rich person. Yeah, um, but Max doesn't want to have anything to do with it. The only reason he's there is because his dad left his mom, and so now he's stuck at this cobbler thing to provide for his mom who has um, Alzheimer's. So when he comes home, his his mom always asks that she's waiting for her dad to re- or his father to return after he left. He said he's going to go get pears. And he left and never came back. So it's this really cute, sweet moment where Adam Sandler every day has to come home and tell his mom that he doesn't tell her that his dad's not coming home. But he has to lie to her. And it's really heartbreaking. And he's really good in these moments. Um, And I really like this movie. I know a lot of critics haven't really liked it. um, Because what happens is, is he finds out that there's this magical stitcher. And when he stitches shoes with it and he puts them on, he turns into those people. So when he turns to these people, he can live their lives. Mm-hmm. So Dan Stevens, who was in Downton Abbey, I think mm-hmm. he died in Downton Abbey. Yeah. Um, he's in The Guest. He's the guy from The Guest. He's this really suave English guy and has a hot girlfriend. Yes, he is. Um, oh, also in the movie, I guess. Yeah. And, and in it, he... Uh, so Adam Sandler gets his shoes. So he puts on his shoes and he finds out that he's actually gay. And he uses his this girl as a way to hide that he's gay from people. It's really fascinating. Hmm. And so, um, you know, so he does that, but he also gets mixed up in this, that uh, people trying to overtake his neighborhood. It kind of turns into a Jewish superhero movie (laughs) where he starts plotting against these people. He wears different shoes of, of people and he goes around and tries to solve problems. And um, the best moment in the movie, it actually made me cry is um, Dustin Hoffman plays Adam Sandler's dad. And he's only in it maybe 10 minutes. And yeah. so his mom has Alzheimer's and asks and – at one point he asks – his mom, is, she said, he's, she, he said, are you sad with the life you had? Is there anything you change? He says, I would just like one more dinner with your father. So he goes to the shop and puts on the shoes and becomes his dad and comes over. And they have this cute dinner and he brings her – there's like these pear things and he gives her the pears and all this stuff and they dance and – he says all these right things, and it's really sweet. And mm. like, so like a tear started coming down my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is great. And I won't spoil what happens, but it's uh, it, it's it's a really cute movie. And it's Adam Sandler doing drama. I mean, he's funny in it, but yeah, just little moments. Right. But it's it's like a punch drunk lover, Spanglish, where he's not, you know, what a do? It's right. It's how he acts what makes him funny. So I, I I say people should go see it. It's cool. It's a different type of movie. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And I was the only one in the theater, and it made me sad. Oh, I guess it was 115 on a Friday well, with a okay. movie that wasn't very heavily promoted. Yeah. And it was at Highlands Ranch AMC 24. Right. Which, by the way, uh, their Cinema House 18 is super small, and it's the one that's, like, in the very far back corner. Yep. And I, I think know. there's only, like, 30, 50 seats in it anyways. Yep. Um, so, yeah, if you have a chance to see I think you get it on VOD right now. Cool. Um. So, I, I, I'd say i say see it. I know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, because there is some, like hokey moments. But to me, I like that. And, I, you know, sometimes you need a story like that. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I definitely think you should check out The Cobbler. Cool. Hey, this is how much money Chappie made last week. This is the box office stats. Ah, uh, not good. $13.3 million for Chappie. Yep. Um, and I, I'm not surprised. It is a tough sell. Uh, but I did want to mention, I kind of mentioned it last week, but the second best Marigold Hotel did $8.5 million mm-hmm. in as half as many theaters and it had the highest per theater average of wide releases at $5,000. And I would bet we see it stay in the top five for the next four weeks. Oh, probably. Uh, at, at
1: the least. Like, my parents are going to go see it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, um, like we talked about last week, one of those movies I th- is for an older audience and they're not like us where we have to rush out and see it. They're just, oh, I'll see it today. Yeah. I'll I'll see it Wednesday afternoon.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised because, well, no, because you've got yeah, even even with Cinderella and Run All Night coming out, like yeah, it'll it'll probably still be,
0: I'd probably top be number five. three this yeah. week would be my guess.
1: Yeah, three or four, because I think Chappie's going to drop. Focus oh, will yeah. probably drop in its third week.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, I'd expect, or it'll just hold where it's at right now. Yeah, I don't expect it to have a huge drop at all. Yeah. Cool. cool. What's coming out on Blu-ray?
1: DVD releases and blu ray Penguins of Madagascar, which mm. I didn't even... Did that, I didn't. did that come out in theaters? It did. Huh. Well, came and went. Um, I never liked the Madagascar movies, and Me I never either. could for the penguins. So There uh, there there was there were jokes... Actually, I think the penguins were probably my favorite part of the first one, but then when they continued... Because um, in the first one, it was like they were always being mischievous. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like a better version of the Minions, because the Minions are horrible. <laughs> um, Song of the Sea, which is one of the... I think it was one of the Oscar-nominated um, animated features from this it year. It was. Um, Annie, the Tanny? remake of Annie. What? Tanny? Yes.
0: That's horrible. That's a Ralph Garman joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, get it uh, you, it's, it's because it's the because version. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: Uh, Exodus Gods and Kings is getting its Blu-ray release this week. See, dude,
0: th- like the extended edition makes me want to get it. Uh-huh. I fucking hate Ridley Scott movies Probably gonna that. Probably going to get that. <laughs> and here's the thing is, I, I didn't put it very high in my list of movies from last year, but when I think about it, the parts where the plagues start happening in that movie are really good. Mm-hmm. The part where Ramsey's reacts to his son dying is heartbreaking and amazing. And Yep. Then the there's crocodiles some, eating people is amazing. There's some great stuff in that movie. Yeah. Too bad the rest of the movie is not good. But it's It's pretty good. I don't know. I like it. I, I'm going to borrow the extended edition from you.
1: Sure. Sounds good. Uh, Halo Nightfall is getting a Blu-ray release this week, which I think that's been available like... What was that? VOD or... Anyway. Um, it's one of those Halo directed dvd kind of movie things. Um, the Lady from Shanghai, which is an old Orson Welles movie, is getting a Blu-ray release. Oh, cool. Uh, My Girl, which I think has been on Blu-ray before. No, it hasn't. Has Actually, it not? I, uh, I feel like I've seen it.
0: I go to... Uh, blu-ray.com and they talked about it how oh, okay they did cool. a new transfer and everything
1: oh okay cool i i just felt like i'd seen it before but obviously like if you haven't seen my girl or you don't have, like beware of bees man my girl is a good movie <laughs> yeah um and then there's a blu-ray release of uh, the george stevens uh, the greatest movie ever or the greatest story ever told as well um i think that's pretty much everything unless i missed a
0: um don't think so. In fact, I don't think A Scream Factory. I think my next Scream Factory isn't until the twenty eighth, I think. Yeah, I didn't or, I didn't
1: see anything horror really, except for muck.
0: Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a Scream Factory one coming out of a horror movie I've never heard of, but the cover art makes me want to get it. It's called From a Whisper to a Scream. Ooh and it's That's with, a good title. I know, and it's with a headless Vincent Price. Oh. Like uh he's holding his own head and he has a cleaver in one hand and his Oh, severed like, head in the other.
1: Like uh, like Crime Suspense Stories yeah, 23? Exactly. Like, yeah, That's
0: pretty cool. And I heard it's super violent, so I'm kind of excited. Interesting. Yeah. You know, Very interesting. If I had to tell a horror story, I'd have Vincent Price do the voiceover. Sure. I mean, he's dead, but... <laughs> it's all right. He's been dead for like 30 years. Cool. What's next? Um, I think it's just the movie, right? Yeah. This week we saw Run All Night. James, should people see Run All Night? So... Um,
1: I think usually this would be a movie that I would have liked more. Um, so I will give the caveat that I was super tired and had had one cocktail, but it, like I wasn't like tipsy really. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I, like, I know
0: Ryan I'm, mentioned it that it was <laughs> affecting you.
1: Well, I was, <laughs> I was really tired. So I'll give that caveat before I say I was super bored in this movie. Hmm. Um, there's some cool stuff in it, but. There's just not a lot of momentum, um but I would say it's it's probably worth renting um, but it's not the action Liam Neeson mm-hmm. movie that I was expecting um though the the scene with him and ed Harris pretty damn good pretty damn good so
0: yeah, I actually really enjoyed the movie, but it's also a movie I don't think you have to see in theaters yeah um i I liked it a lot uh, I think you should see it if you want to see it in theater I mean it's well, I think what Liam Neeson does really well is, and I think he's at the right age, is he's a a reluctant action hero, and mm-hmm. you know he's tired from doing it. And I think it's a really cool. It's better written than the Taken films are. Yeah, like, that whole think, opening. And I didn't scene, even know Vincent D'Onofrio was in it.
1: Yeah, that whole opening sequence with um, where where you sort of are introduced to who his character really is, which we'll talk about in the in uh, here in a second. But way smarter than anything you get in any of the Taken films. Yeah. So and uh, here's
0: a trailer for Run All Night it's gotta be 15 years since I've been in
2: here place looks different all the old places look different now I'm the only one ever cared about you and all of that ended an hour ago when you killed my son I pulled the trigger I killed Eddie <laughs> yeah, to. he was gonna shoot Michael I'm here asking for my son's life, Sean. He's a good kid. He's got a family. He don't deserve this. You know, this has to stand. I'm coming after your boy with everything I got. And when it's done, and it will be done, then I'll let you die. What are you doing? Both know why I'm here, Michael. So what happens now? And Michael. And if he can't get to you, he's going to go after your family. This has got to end tonight. Tell everyone to get ready. Jimmy's coming. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are right now, we're the most wanted men in this city. I know how this works. They're going to start pulling your life apart. I want people at his house. I want people at his wife's family's house. Anywhere he might run for help. And the cops, they've got their own motivation. You've got to worry about staying alive. I'm the best chance you've got? Listen to your father for one night. One night.
0: trailer sells a movie really well um i think that yeah. the trailer's pretty good um in it liam neeson plays a hitman and he's basically a loser he's drunk all the time now yeah i
1: mean at this point he's hardly even a hitman anymore he he's like a he's a guy who used to be a hitman and yeah now it's exactly. just an
0: alcoholic exactly and and he works for i uh, doesn't even work for him anymore I, uh,
1: sort of he's he sort of works for and is friends with ed harris's character yeah. but like Ed Harris has also turned over a new leaf and is trying not to be a criminal, really. Like, is genuinely
0: yeah. a good guy at this point. But the problem is is his son grew up in that world, and mm-hmm. his son thinks he's cooler than everybody else. He's So he made deals with Albanian drug guys to bring shipments in. Because I guess Ed Harris actually runs a legitimate shipping business, as most people in the mob do. Right. And he passes on it. By him passing on it, the Albanians are now going to kill his son. Right. Because they gave him a bunch of money, turns out that his son Danny spent all the money, and it leads to this huge shootout with the Albanians. And Liam Neeson's son Michael happens to be the limo driver who brings the Albanians to their to Danny's house. He witnesses the murder. So then Danny's chasing him through the night, and he gets home and he calls. Uh, his how does, how does Liam Neeson find out again? Um, oh, Danny calls. Um his dad and then his dad calls Liam Neeson's character, yes. and then Liam Neeson's character goes to his son's house and says, Hey, yeah. Um, just so you know, blah blah blah, you know, you don't know who you're dealing with. Right. And the what I thought was an interesting part of the movie is Ed Harris's character actually told his son to stay away. He's like, Hey man, don't right. mess them. Because he knows the thing that he knows is Liam Neeson will kill. You know, is way more apt at killing people than his son is. Right. And so his son Ignores him, shows up, and Liam Neeson kills his son in, like, a badass way where he shoots him in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I even, like, the phone call that Liam Neeson made to his... Uh, to Ed to, Harris. To Ed Harris. It's great. It's, it says, oh, it's so good. I killed your boy. Uh-huh. Um, and, it, and it sets off this chain reaction where Ed Harris slips back into his old ways where he said basically it's like you disrespected me by killing my son no matter what mm-hmm. my son did
1: well and there's a, there's an interesting level to it where he's motivated by the fact that he's got this really great line um i think in the scene that we're gonna
0: play here yeah, we, should, we should play this scene right now yeah so the, yeah, scene, yeah. the setup for the scene is is ed harris goes to this rest used to go to this restaurant with his son um liam neeson wants to meet ed harris's character there because they want to talk about find a way to resolve this without killing liam neeson's son and um this is what happens
2: I'm here asking for my son's life, Sean. I pulled the trigger, I killed Annie. You wanna send someone for me, tell me when. I'll keep the door open, I'll put my gun on the table. Michael, he's a good kid, he's got a family. He don't deserve this. I'm the only one ever cared about you. And all of that ended an hour ago when you killed my son. I'm coming after your boy with everything I got. I won't let you take him, Sean. You got no choice. And when it's done, and it will be done, you and I are going to meet back here at this restaurant, at this same table that I used to share with my boy, and I'm going to look you in the eyes just like you look at me in the eyes right now. And I'm going to see how empty they are without your son in the world. Same thing I saw in my wife's eyes. Same thing you see in my eyes. And when I see
0: that, then I'll let you
2: die.
0: Yeah, I love that scene. Oh, man. Because you basically have two great actors yeah. just getting super cool dialogue. Mm. And, and Oh, so what I was going to
1: say, oh, the yeah, reason man. I brought it up was that uh, there's this underlying tone of... The, he's got that line about... Um, about how do you know what it feels like to know that your wife is never going to love you again or that you, oh, that you can't make your partner happy oh, or something like that. It's just that motivation. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, no, Ed Harris is going to like want to kill the shit out of you. Like, yeah. Now you understand. And then
0: he, then he even has... At the his l- end of his monologue, he says, I want you to look into my eyes and see how dead they are when your boy's not around anymore. And oh, then I'll fuck. let you die. Yeah, yeah. it's, really it's awesome. <laughs> um, so the movie's cool, though. I mean, it, it, it suffers from the guy who directed did Nonstop and um, Unknown, which are both Liam Neeson movies. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have a working relationship, obviously. Um, I think Nonstop is a cool movie. Unknown was all right. This is a better film. Yeah, I think it's. I think it shot really cool. Yeah. I like the parts where. The, the weird there, like
1: CG zoom from one place yeah, to another, it's yeah.
0: Like letting you know where you are in New York, it's kind of cool. It
1: feels a little bit comic booky. Like yeah. it kind of makes the world feel um, uh, a little less real f- to mm. me for some reason. Because it feels like you're, I don't know. There's just something where yeah. you f- you feel like the whole world is cons- constructed. Um, but anyway, it was neat. It was a neat effect.
0: Uh, yeah, but it, and then I mean, basically, now he's running all night from Ed Harris's character. But what I I thought was really cool in the movie, too, is – spoilers, 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 spoilers – is Liam Neeson, towards the end, gives him one last chance. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, I just killed your other uh, guy on the subway. Or where did he kill him Yeah, like
1: his friend. um...
0: Yeah, whatever. He killed one of the guys he he knew. He tricks that guy out, yeah. Um, And so he goes, and he's outside his bar. He says, "I'm giving you one last chance. Leave my son alone, or this isn't going to end well for us." Right. And he says, "Nope." And so then Liam Neeson just busts in there, and he starts killing all his henchmen, and then he chases Ed Harris down, and then they have these really cool conversations about if you're if, when we when you die, I'm going to go with you mm-hmm. because he's the only friend he has left. Well, what is it? When we cross that line, we'll go together. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's even this great moment where. They're in this train yard and they're shooting back and forth, and Liam Neeson gets him. And then Ed Harris tries to run away, and he's telling him to stop. Like, don't go any farther. Just stop. And then he just shoots him again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, who is it? Common? (laughs) Yeah, and then Common shows up as like a,
1: uh, a weird, um, Hitman guy. Hitman guy that is kind of, honestly, it feels like he's playing his character from Smoke and Aces. Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, there's I not much to
0: him. I mean, he's just there to kill people.
1: He seems cool and adds adds a level of sort of action to it that it, that the movie needs. Well, there is a
0: sweet fight in uh, Burning Out. <laughs> so the that's
1: apartment. what I was just going to bring up, though, is that there's this... <sighs> my problem with it, as cool as it is, my problem with it is that they evacuate the building because they know Liam Neeson's in it, and a candle or a, 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 a an oven left burning um, burns the whole tower down. Yep. Like... What the shit? Like, it's such a contrived action but then, sequence. But then they
0: fight in the...
1: In the burn. burn. Yes, no, I totally, I totally understand. I totally understand. But couldn't they have, like, their fight causes... Like, any other any James Bond movie, you'd have the fight knock something over and start the fire. So um that's the part where I was just like, w- really? Like, it just... It felt like you put that together for a cool action scene. <laughs> so, I'll take it. <laughs> whatever. But
0: anyway. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah. You know, um so yeah. I-, I forgot to mention this and what are we watching? I went and saw Friday the thirteenth yes. at Alamo. And it's the first time I've seen Friday the thirteenth with a good sound system. Ooh. Um I mean I've seen it so many times at home, yeah. but I've never seen it in a theater with a seven point one surround sound system. Right. And the lady sitting next to me actually raised her hand saying she's never seen Friday the thirteenth. And those are wow. those, there aren't too many people that haven't seen Friday the thirteenth. I'm one of them. Um, well, I'm going to spoil it for you. Yeah. Um, so at the end of Bye, Honey, at the end of Friday the Thirteenth, um, there's a big jump scare where Jason isn't in Friday the Thirteenth except the very end. And so in Friday the Thirteenth, the killer is actually Jason's mom. Yeah. The reason is because they let her son drown. It's a different type of movie. Right. The second one, they it's decide, almost more like a revenge film. It is a revenge than film. Than a regular. So. Show. At the end of the movie, they play this like really dramatic, happy music, and then the lady's out on the canoe. Um, and then as the cops are calling to her, and there's no sound, and she just wakes up, and she's like, oh, I'm saved. And then at the last second, Jason pops out of the water and grabs her and pulls her under. Mm-hmm. And I always heard that's an effective scare. I, I, I never, I'm not one of those people that jumps in movies. right? Um, but when you have a sound system as good as it is, and you hear things, you maybe you have never heard before in the movie um i've seen the movie so many times i actually know too that just before jason jumps up you can actually see like the reeds that are stuck on jason like in the back of the boat so i'm like oh yeah it's like a dead giveaway but I'm, someone who's never seen it probably aren't look isn't looking for that right um so the lady next to me hadn't seen it and at the end he pops out of the water and he goes Raw! and it's like that loud Ring! And this lady is like, bah! and she like screamed. I was like, Oh, that's why that movie is effective uh-huh. because I've never sat in a theater where I had that kind of system yeah. surround sound in it before for that movie. Yeah. Um, so it, that's it was, cool. it was lots of fun. That's um, really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic slasher movie, so yeah. if you've never seen it, you should probably see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next week, we are not seeing a movie. We're not. Next week, we're doing film explosion 1985. Hugh yeah. Huey Lewis. Only 30 seconds, though, because I know he likes to sue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Ray Parker, Jr. Um,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, um, if you have a favorite film from 1985, please email it to us. This is getting a lot of response on our uh-huh. Twitter feed, and we also have already gotten um, emails about it. Um, we also are hoping we can get Steve, the uh, programming director from Alamo, to, to come and join us. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be cool. It's going to be really cool. So. Back in time, 1985, There's a lot of good movies that year. There are. I thought it was going to be easy. I was like, whatever. And then I started going to like the second page where it's like the cult movies. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I Different have been watching movies. some of them. But I don't want to tell anybody what I've been watching because I don't want to spoil stuff. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, same here. Like, the, Hi, buddy. The ones that we're re-researching re- for that for that one. Yeah. Was, yeah. So um, stay tuned for that. That'll be fun. Hopefully Brad will feel well enough to maybe be able to slap together a poster. If not, we'll still be announcing it on Twitter. And yeah. All that stuff, and then I'll read an article about my favorite films from that year and things yeah. like that. Um, so, cool. yeah, until next week when we go back in time. Thanks for listening. We'll Take a time. Bye. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.
1: Penguins of
2: Madagascar...